You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, everybody, which will be for your Friday episode of Locked On Browns. Um, obviously, a little bit different here this week, guys, is uh, it's a Monday night kickoff. So we know some stuff to get for you, some stuff to get to <clears throat> as we, you know, wad on through the weekend while those poor steps play before the main event Monday night in Monday Night Football, your local experts on the biggest stories, Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith, along for the ride on your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Pete, we talked last night about, you know, maybe this game was going to work out for the Browns where it could be a little batting practice, chance to pound out, you know, some light reps on the bench bar, many reps, everybody start to feel a little bit better about themselves. And now all of a sudden it's just turned into absolute <laughs> – I mean, chaos, monotony, whatever the word is you want to freaking use. Pete, we got an NFL quarterback that's going to be out for a little while, and I'm not going to you know, pick on the mono thing because there was a kid here about a year or two ago in New Jersey who actually played a football game with, the mono, with mono and ended up actually passing away because, I mean, your spleen literally enlarges. So there's no re- – I mean, obviously you cannot play with this condition, but it, it's just crazy that this is where we're at, Pete, and what turned into – a must-have for two teams and a battle of two second-year quarterbacks trying to rewrite the narrative of some franchises. I mean, I hate to say it, but if the Browns don't win this by 20-plus, that's going to maybe even create more questions than last week did. Well, at the very least, it will not make anyone feel confident about their ability to go in. Oh, if they win, they're still – oh, they're going to chirp even well. Well, yo, uh, what'd you beat? Exactly. Well, I mean, like, just from a, you know, if you're trying to make the case that you're, you're good enough to beat the Rams or the Ravens the following week, that's, that's obviously not going to help from that standpoint, which doesn't mean they can't win. It's just in terms of where, where it seems like they're at. Uh, but the thing is, like, the, the Jets not only need to win this game, but their season is probably hinging on it. Um, they They have to – Play the Browns, then they have the next five weeks, which includes their bye week, which is probably going to be, you know, the last week Sam Darnold is out. But they have to play the Patriots twice, the Cowboys, and the Eagles. So, you know, they needed to beat the Bills and didn't. And they had the game in a position they could win it, and, and they, they gave it away. So they're in a really bad way. You've got Darnold. Uh, you know, you've got uh, – C.J. Mosley and Quinn and Williams, who, who are at least hampered. I expect they'll both play. Uh, you've got uh, Le'Veon Bell getting a precautionary MRI. Again, I, will think, I think he will play. But all this happened after they announced that Quincy Nunwa was out for the season with a neck injury, and that happened on Tuesday. So it's been an eventful day for the, the, uh, the New York Jets, uh, the night – the nine Mets or the nine Jets, my favorite football squadron. Um, it, it's it's bad, and it's you know the people you know as bad as it is for the Jets, the people who are more angry about this are, are the uh, people in, well, from Monday Night Football because they had what they thought. Even if the neither of these teams is going to go on to greatness, they had two teams that were viable at this point of the season. Obviously, the matchup had you know the the the, the key matchup with the quarterbacks they have teams that are they think you know if it's not this year it's coming where they're hoping that these teams are going to be good 
Uh, they're trying to take advantage of obviously the New York market and all those things and the Browns and all the excitement they have. And here we are. And the game is largely already, you know, you know again, if the Browns don't win, it's, it's, it's going to be uh, talk about tearing it down, you know, firing the coach, whatever. Uh, if they don't win convincingly, it's at, at the very least going to be, feeling like, you know, the Rams are basically going to destroy the Browns that next primetime game. On the plus side, uh, it would mean the Browns performed well on primetime, which uh, they could use. That, 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 that's, uh, that's not the worst thing in the world. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, this whole thing really says, uh, look, this is – I thought the Jets were a really bad matchup. Uh, I, I should say the Browns are a really bad matchup for the Jets anyway, in my view. Uh, and obviously this doesn't help, but everything the Jets were hoping they could do, uh, it's just, it's in a bad way. I Like, for example, I don't know how the hell they're going to cover Odell Beckham. I don't know if they think they know how they're going to do it. But, yeah, they have no pass rush. They're going to have to blitz. Uh, there's just a, a ton of questions. I don't know how they're going to protect uh, Trevor Simeon now. Uh, so yeah, th- this should be the ultimate confidence building game opportunity. Uh, and look, this is probably something they certainly need. And, you know, obviously just, uh, you know, to rewrite you know, the week one wrong. Um, no, I, I, I don't think they have any idea what they're going to do with Odell. Um, and the thing with Mosley and Quinn and Williams is, I mean, do you play them in the hopes of <clears throat> maybe trying to steal it? But if they're not truly ready and then the injuries for both of these guys go on to lag for three, four, five weeks, uh, you know, I mean, for the Jets, you hate to put a fork in somebody after week two, but if they lose this, um, you're pretty much going to put a fork in them. And, you know, maybe this is kind of what happens when you keep a GM, let him put all the pieces in place, then throw him out the door and now you're, you know, you're coming in with, you know, a new GM who may have different philosophies, different personnel. Um, look, I guess I try to be honest. I, you know, you know, I follow the Jets. I, the biggest concern I saw, and you know, Pete knows this. I've, I've, I, there was no pass rush here, and you know, Tremaine Johnson, who, you know, whatever you want to say, he's a number a cornerback one because that's what he's being paid. He's not. He's certainly not. Um, and, and, you know, for the rest of it, I mean, I, I got no idea. And look, Le'Veon Bell, the thing you got to worry about is Le'Veon Bell can be an ordinary son of a gun. And if this starts to go really south really fast, where's Le'Veon, gonna, Le'Veon Bell going to be as far as, you know, within that locker room? And there's just a million other factors to this. And that, that's what's giving me a, a lot of pause and a lot of hesitation. But, guys, uh, this should – this should literally be a, a layup, essentially, for the Browns going into this one. So, you know, it's just kind of where we're at. It's just kind of what it is. But, I mean, you can't run from it. It's it's legit. It's, you know, I mean, this one's here for the taking. And you better go in and you better blow somebody, door, you know, blow some doors off on Monday night. And, look, everybody's on the stage. And, you know, there's going to be – look, if they win by 30, it'll be, oh, wow, look what you played against. Um, if they only win by six, oh, you only won by six, and who'd you play against? You know, the media is going to be ready to spin this anyway. Those are looking to be negative. Um, hey, we'll I would just very there. much. I would just very much enjoy the thirty-point win, and 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 people can tell how 
how uh, how not real this is, uh, I will take that over the six. Well, and the other thing is, is um, you know, and and I, we didn't even go to the offensive line here um, for the Jets and that aspect of it. Uh, look, interior's <laughs> good. Interior's fine. I, I I think they'll be okay there, but their tackles. Same. I mean, they're really the Browns in that sense. They've got. Well, I, even even interior wise, though, Brian Winters, you know, Brian Winters was a guy they, they had a lot of hope for, and Brian Winters really isn't that anymore. Khalil, God knows really where he's at. That's another one too. I mean, you know, he, he struggled, and you know, obviously, there's always that. You know, coming back from retirement, you know, it's not as smooth for some guys who do it as opposed to others. So, but they're, really, they're the mirror of the Browns. They've got a oh, left sure. love. They've got a center they're pretty happy with. They've got a right guard that is okay, although in the Jets' case, they're paying him a fortune, and they'd like him to be better, and then they've got two tackles that aren't getting it done. There's no, and, you know, obviously, you know, with and which Jordan Avery most likely in the fold, uh, you should be able to just hammer away on those tackles all day long. Uh, make a memory that lasts a lifetime, and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Enter the promo code KICKOFF, all caps, KICKOFF, at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. Uh, guys, great app. Uh, obviously, Vivid Seats, they've been a longtime sponsor uh, from Locked On, and they will help you get to the event you want to get to. Long day at work, tough day at school, been stuck at the office, treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Your sweatpants are on for the day, but you're sick of microwave leftovers and frozen pizza. Enter DoorDash, DoorDash uh, restaurant quality food with a living room dress code. DoorDash connects you to your favorite restaurants in your city. Franchise restaurants, local restaurants. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app. Choose what you want to eat and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. Not only is your favorite pizza joint already on DoorDash, but there are over 340,000 restaurants in 330 cities, uh, in 3,300 cities, so you might find a new favorite too. With DoorDash, uh, with the door-to-door delivery in all 50 states and Canada, order from your local go-tos and choose from your favorite restaurants, whether it's Chipotle, Wendy's, Chick-fil-A, Cheesecake Factory, whether it's Big Louie's Pizza, whoever's got their favorite pizza joint in town, go ahead and check that out. Right now, all the listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, no space. That's, again, $5 off your first order when you download the app for DoorDash, Locked On, using the promo code. We appreciate them for the sponsorship of Locked On. On Browns, uh, Pete. I, I want to get here to uh, j- just a little bit. Um, look, uh, we didn't get to this much, and I want to try to do somewhere we can put this into a weekly aspect, and it's basically keeping up on the neighbors. Baltimore Ravens, Pete. You, you know what my thing was on Lamar Jackson was? Were they going to re-replicate that crap they ran last year, or were they going to actually let the kid toss the pill around a little bit? Look, the Dolphins—they're going to kind of be everybody's punching bag this year. Jets could end up being the same type of thing. But, you know, it, it certainly was a take notice type of thing where Lamar Jackson was able to put it together through the air. He was able to throw the ball at Louisville. I mean, I don't know if anybody remembers, but he did throw the ball at Louisville. Um, but it was good to see that. And it, it does give you a little bit of nerves. And Marquise Brown, Pete, looks like he could be – he'll never be a high-volume guy. But he's a guy when he's on the field, he's going to give you a little bit of nightmares because it's whatever route it is. 
he's got that ability where it's you know it's to the house mentality. So the the Ravens uh, look if if you know if that becomes a consistent thing, they become one of the most difficult offenses to defend because they have the ability to play eleven on eleven football, and then find opportunities to sort of take advantage where coverage is limited or they find a hole in the defense. Uh, I think you obviously, if you're a Ravens fan or you're watching the Ravens, that offensive performance is obviously very encouraging. Uh, I I don't, I don't, I don't immediately just discount the Dolphins. I mean, don't get me wrong. They're awful. And, and I, and I think there's no question they are worse than the Browns. Uh, that went 0-16 of the Browns at 1-1-15. I don't think that's going to – I think the further we get into this, uh, the, 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 the depths of how truly awful they are are, are going to be historic. Uh, so, but, but they are an NFL team, and in the same way the Browns are getting looked at uh, you know, against this Jets team, uh, the Ravens are getting a little bit of that treatment. But if you score 59 on air – you must be doing something right. Now, the, the thing with that is they also now get to go play the Arizona Cardinals who are conscientious objectors at best on defense. So we still may not get a real great read on where this offense is. At the same time, you know, they, their offense is going to have two great warm-ups before they get sort of the meat of their schedule. And, you know, they, they're going to be at the very least very confident Entering week, you know, assuming it doesn't all go wrong against Arizona, uh, they're going to be extremely confident going into week three and then ultimately to the Browns in week four. Uh, but at the very least, you can say this bears keeping an eye on because th- this was the whole thing. The, the, the Ravens and the Bears were the two highest variance teams in the league entering this year, and it was entirely about quarterback. They both have good defenses. The Bears are is better. Uh, they both had the ability to run the ball a little bit, uh, and they both have weapons. Uh, the Bears are obviously better, but so much of this was just how far can the quarterback take them? After one week, uh, the answer with Trubisky is the shitter, and with the Ravens, <laughs> Super Bowl. Uh, we'll see if that evolves, but at least right now, you know, this is why, you know, there was the potential was there that the Ravens would be the biggest threat in the AFC North. Right now, they certainly look it. We'll see if that sort of comes down to earth a little bit. Obviously, the other part of this is, you know, you get tape, you can actually start coming up with plans and stuff on how to defend this. Uh, but the last thing I'll say with the Ravens is I give John Harbaugh a ton of credit. Uh, he is the exact opposite of his brother. Um, in terms of adapting to talent around him, sort of being open-minded on how to sort of approach things with offense and, and not feeling like you have to be uh, keep, keep things in a box and just figuring out what the best way to help you win is. And right now, uh, that is going great. And at the same time, like, again, the Dolphins' caveat is there, but Lamar Jackson is protecting himself better than Deshaun Watson is. And if, if you're looking at who's going to be the guy who's more likely to take hits – between those two, you'd say it would be uh, Lamar. But so far through week one, uh, it, it, it's clearly been Watson. Oh, you know, no, no doubt about it. Um, now, uh, you know, Pittsburgh, obviously, and, you know, apparently nobody wants to talk about it. You know, got their doors blown off. Uh, Cincy, look, uh, they got that new car smell going a little bit with the offense. Um, 
our guy Tyler Boyd, we look, we've been trying to give you a little run here, Tyler Boyd. You know, we, we helped you get that contract extension, talking about one guy that was shining in a crappy situation. Um, gets a little bold. Well, once we get AJ Green back, oh boy, everybody better take notice. Um, but look, I, I you know, for the rest of it, it's you know, it's kind of figuring out the moving parts. Pittsburgh, look, Devin Bush, by the way, Pete, win. We'll take that one. Pat's on the back. Um, I'm not concerned here. Even with the week one loss for Cleveland, uh, you know, obviously Baltimore, definitely, you know, pretty scroll in the room right now, so to speak. But the rest of the division, you know, Cincinnati has done nothing to change me or change what I feel. Um, Pittsburgh, you know, we know that's going to have to be that, and we always talk about it, driving the stake through the heart. But, there, there's not many bullets left in the chamber in Pittsburgh. Well, there's there's few traditions like Pittsburgh going to New England and getting their doors blown off. Uh, but I would not read too much into that. Uh, there is an element of Pittsburgh, and some years it's usually it's the Patriots that treats week one of the regular season like week five of the preseason, uh, which fingers crossed the Browns did a little bit of that too. Um, that. They, they are just historically awful in the Ben Roethlisberger era of going to New England. Uh, obviously, New England looked like they handled them uh, thoroughly. But again, I, I sort of throw out the result uh, other than saying it's a loss. Uh, I don't now go, oh, the Steelers are terrible. I think that's entirely a product of, uh, of that, that game and, and sort of uh, how, how, how good New England is for one thing. They are really good. Uh, and, I, and only about to get better. Well, we'll see about that. I'm not even sure that's going to matter that much, but just defensively, they're outstanding. And, and obviously, you know, they, they have Josh Gordon. It's not like they're freaking, you know, throwing the pill to him constantly. They're, they're still sort of doing what they do. Uh, but I, I think Pittsburgh will bounce back. I think they'll be very good. I think they will be a competitive team. Obviously, the Browns don't see him for two and a half months. So... <laughs> They will be a completely different team by then. The Browns will hopefully be a completely different team by then. It's, and it's more along the lines of seeing how the two squads sort of stack up W's before they see each other. Meanwhile, the Bengals, my immediate reaction to the Bengals game, and, and they, they had a chance to win against Seattle, is I think that was the Bengals' best shot. I don't think it's going to get better. I think it's actually going to get worse. Um, I felt like Andy Dalton – you got basically the best out of a lot of guys on that team. Injuries continue to pile up for them. Uh, obviously, they let go of Jordan Willis, who's a guy I loved coming out of the draft, and uh, the Jets grabbed him. Uh, but they, I think things are going to get worse from here. I don't see them getting better. Uh, maybe they're not quite as bad as we thought they were. I think they're just as bad as we thought they were. But uh, I, again, I think that was maybe their best shot, and, and they're going to, you know, may – may come down to earth pretty hard on some of this where week two really becomes a reality check and, and they get destroyed. The good news for the Bengals, who the Browns don't see for about four months, um, is that A.J. Green seems to be way closer to returning than, you know, than people initially thought, whether that's a good thing or a rushback situation or something else entirely. It's weird because the Bengals seem to be trying to compete and they shouldn't because they really should be embracing uh, going the other way. But uh, the, at least for the moment, they're at least trying to convince themselves maybe more than anybody else that they're a little frisky. 
you know, and it, it was that, and you know, it, you know, and you never want to see somebody bust away. And you know, John Ross, obviously, with a you know a little bit of activity, very similar player to obviously, you know, what the Ravens are hoping they're going to get the return of the investment on uh, Marquise Brown. Today's Locked On Browns is sponsored by Pact Car Insurance. Here's a question I've always wondered. Why do you have to pay for car insurance when you're not using your car? With PACT, P-A-C-T, you can pause your car insurance. Yes, pause your car insurance when you're not driving. That's right. Again, stop it. If you're not going to use it for the weekend, you're going away, you can find a way to pause your car insurance through their easy-to-use app. PACT is a top five rated car insurance company, and because you can get a quote instantly, change your policy for free, and now pause your coverage. Available on both iPhone and Android, go to PactAuto.com, that's Pact, P-A-C-T, Auto.com, to get a quote and start managing uh, the pause abilities using the app, uh, using the app, whether it's through iPhone, whether it is through you know, Android. Um, look, guys, in this era of you know uh, Uber, Lyft, and if you're going out and the convenience of it and whether or not there's cocktails involved, nobody wants to be driving their own car. Check this out. It, it's a pretty cool opportunity. Available in Ohio. It was available here in New Jersey. Something I would certainly be checking out. Uh, but, again, thanks for the folks over at PACT for their sponsorship of Locked On Browns. It's a new season. Antonio Brown, at this point, whatever, uh, he's still an NFL player. God knows how the rest of this is going to work out. Le'Veon Bell, he's with the Jets. We'll see how that works out. You all know where Odell Beckham Jr. is. The only thing that has not changed in the NFL this year is where I am putting my money down on all the games each weekend. My bookie is the place to bet on football each and every weekend. My bookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book period. This year, they're hosting their first online handicap super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least one hundred thousand dollars and it only costs you one hundred dollars to enter all you gotta do is pick five nfl games against the spread every week to crown the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool guys you know they've been with us as long as i've been with locked on we appreciate my bookie from that respect that's why my bookie is always the right play you bet you win they pay they have live in-game betting on every nfl game most rewarding player perks in the business, fantasy folks, whether it's an isolated game or you want to do it on Sunday for uh, you know some specific guys, the uh, over-unders on your favorite fantasy players. Go ahead, play some wagers on that. You can do that. Uh, if you want to put down at least $1,000, that's the max. They'll match you 100%. So, you know, you got it from both angles. Gives you two grand. If you know what you're doing, you don't have to put another dime in for the rest of the season. Use the promo code, all caps, locked space on to activate this offer. Visit the website, mybookie.com, mybookie.com. Bet, win, get paid. And as always, the folks over at MyBookie, we appreciate the partnership here with the Locked On Network. Pete, some parting shots here, you know, of week one. Obviously, we're somewhere, you know, in the week two here. A little bit of weather delay, I believe. I'm just going to check one more time. 10-9 at halftime. 
Uh, actually, we're headed to the third quarter. Bucks are up. Uh, I got a little Chris Godwin, some fantasy action, so that's good. As I'm coming out of back to school night, which is it, it you know, when you're doing it at middle school level, it's crazy, crazy, insane. But Pete, some um, week one thoughts as we're in, maybe some stuff as we're rolling into week two. Well, again, the Patriots are extremely good. The Dolphins are historically bad, and somehow the Patriots are going to play the worst two teams, two of the worst teams in the league four times, uh, especially if the Jets are about to fall completely apart. They, uh, might, they might outscore. What would be the number to outscore the Dolphins if you're the Patriots? 75 in total point differential in those two games? Would that be too low? <laughs> Uh, well, the weirdest part is is Miami has this weird track record of beating New England in Miami, or at least hanging tough. Yes. So I'm fascinated to see what that actually looks like. Uh, so uh, look, when it's in, when it's in Foxborough, uh, they they may take out the starters at halftime, just not, or some of the starters anyway, not to even bother and just try to get the, the hell out of there as fast as possible. Um, but yeah, uh, um, Houston is interesting, but flawed uh, again. Look, I, I know Laramie Tunsil has been there about 20 minutes, but it shockingly wasn't magically fixed. Uh, I, I think that's as, as accurate a, a, a sentiment as, as far as the people who were, and this seems to have died down a little bit. The idea that Trent Williams would fix the Browns offensive line issues. And obviously Trent Williams is better than Laramie Tunsil, but even when Laramie Tunsil was great, there were other problems on the offensive line. Deshaun Watson holding the ball too long, all those things. So there's no quick fix. There's, you know, it's going to take uh, different well, things. And the, this is going to be the interesting thing, though, with Deshaun Watson is, look, um, Fuller looks to almost be all the way back. You know you have Nuke. Kenny Stills isn't a slouch. You got Laramie Tunsil. Duke Johnson probably fits what they're looking to do. If they don't make the playoffs, and I'm not saying they're going to move on from Deshaun Watson, it's going to be time to get rid of everybody there. And I'm not talking about players. It's time to go out and find maybe a coaching staff where you can find what will work better because you've already had three years at it. And look, you know, obviously Deshaun's had his injuries. But I think personnel-wise and skill-wise, it should work. If it doesn't work, you know, you've got to find the guy who can make it work. Yeah. Um, look, there's just a lot there. I think defensively they've got some question marks to work out. Uh, Kenny Stills being added to that offense, it, you know, that's obviously the much less heralded part of that deal, but I think that's going to be huge for the Texans because it let, makes Will Fuller less of an integral part. And, and obviously Will Fuller being out there is, is big for them, but it gives them two guys who can stress the field which just helps DeAndre Hopkins and then helps Duke Johnson and, and Carlos Hyde, who had a weird, you know, like the greatest game he's ever had at 10 carries, 83 yards. Um, you know, goodbye. Where was that? Where was that? <laughs> yeah, it was very bizarre, but almost all of his runs were like wide open. He made one really nice cut, which is about as many great cuts as he made for the Browns. Um, it was odd, but yes, I, I really liked what I saw in terms of Houston usage of Duke Johnson. I thought that was, Really impressive. Um, I think Dallas is good. I don't know if they're that good because I think the Giants are that bad. Um, Minnesota is interesting because I, 
Atlanta is another team where I, a, I still think they're soft. B, they lost their, 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 their first round pick. One of them anyway, uh, Chris Lindstrom to a, to a broken foot. I, I don't know if they're going for the year on that or not, or if he's going to be designated to return or whatever, but the Falcons are in a hole already. They need to win and win very quickly because they play the Eagles and, and in the NFC South, I, I'm not sure if any of those teams are good other than the saints, but they've got to sort of figure that out quickly because if they, they do not want to get caught in the muck with two teams who are playing right now, and I don't think either one's any good uh, in the Panthers and Bucks. Um, I am fascinated to see this Pittsburgh-Seattle game because obviously both teams are coming off of less than stellar performances, even though the Seahawks won. Um, other than that, I mean, the, the Chargers may not have any guys left by week three. They're, they're just <laughs> dead. As great as, great as great as it looked, now it's like, well, I mean, in I, I don't. It, it's not Melvin Gordon. Because it's not, because Austin Eckler had a fantastic day, but it's just how many cuts can you take before you bleed out? Right. They, they, they've been devastated. Uh, obviously, you know, you lose uh, – Derwin. You lose, yeah, you lose Derwin James, which is a monster injury, and now you're losing basically all your skill players to injuries. Uh, yeah, not, not, not a good situation there. Kansas City is good. Again, another question of how good. I, I, I've seen – you know, Ken McCall, Hart, but Ken Hardman at least give you fifty percent of what Tyree killed it. Well, that and the other part of this is, you know, the, the Chiefs, you know, fans uh, who are, you know, an interesting bunch because some of them are very hard on their team, and others are sort of there. There were a lot, there was a ton of concern over their defense and Gardner Minshew, uh, the, the mustache. Mustache going at it and, and completing like 88% of his passes or whatever. So and who were two guys that said if there was ever a backup for me for Baker Mayfield, maybe it was Gardner Minshew. Hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, listen, it, at some point it's, it's exhausting to be this good at this, but I, I don't even know if that's going to last that long, but we'll see. I, I, I thought he, you know, for, for coming in off the bench like that, very impressive. That's another one where, you know, because, you know, did they did they strike did they strike gold here? Are they did they you know obviously they Nick Foles is going to be their guy whenever he comes back from his surgery, but or or will he? I mean, is Gardner Minshew going to suddenly take this thing over, and they're going to be a really interesting team, and they have to go into this week and play the Houston Texans, and again the Texans are interesting uh, offensively. They're extremely explosive, but that makes it this is an interesting matchup because the Jags obviously have a a talented uh, defense. They've got an offense that we'll see if they can, can really put something together. Houston has a tremendous uh, few talents on it with JJ Watt, Whitney Merciless and Bernard McKinney and some of those guys, Justin Reed's a good player, but the rest of their secondary, what are you getting from them? And you know, like if Minshew's able to sort of really take advantage of them and, and Jacksonville's able to escape with a win, uh, that's going to make that division a hell of a lot more interesting. So just you know, look, it's week one is the easiest time to overreact. You get some very weird results and certainly the NFL supplied no shortage of those. Uh, this is where you're going to start seeing some, some, maybe some reality in terms of what you see is what's actually likely to happen. 
at the same time, you may get, you know, some teams falling flat on their face, but there's some great matchups this week um, that'll be interesting to watch. And I expect uh, I'll be seeing Pittsburgh and Seattle, at least for that one o'clock game, which I'm actually interested to see as uh, we all have to, you know, for better and worse, I suppose, have to wait for the Browns to play Monday night. Yeah, just a weird, weird set of circumstances with that. But, um, you know, look, if this is going to continue to go like it is, that's it. Wanting to bring up, Pete, the Raiders actually look good. I don't think there's any sustainability of it. But for one week, uh, they look like an NFL team. Um, I'm, they're going to get their doors blown the freak off by Kansas City this week. But something there. And um, Waller looked like a nice little player. We had her draft battles, not battles, but against everybody else about what we thought about Josh Jacobs. But for one week, you know, at least that franchise before they go to Las Vegas, um, and how can you take one home game away from them in their last year in Oakland? The NFL is just a bunch of pains in the ass sometimes with that. But they actually look pretty good. And uh, Denver, um, it'd be nice to go to Drew Luck now, at least to see what Drew Luck down to see what you have, but that's not going to happen for a while. <laughs> Joe Flacco was a freaking slug. Yeah, uh, look, again, this is another team where I just don't think they're any good, um, and and their defense wasn't great. I think, well, it will obviously get better, but there's just not much there offensively for the Broncos. And Joe Flacco, Emmanuel Sanders is a very nice player, but other than that, you're sitting there going, well, we've got – and then there's the – and then the other guy, and, and their offensive line isn't particularly good. Just, well, if Fan can't do like the simple stuff of a tight end, it's going to be a tell every time. It's kind of going to be what Eric Ebron was in Detroit. It's going to be a tell. If he's on the field, we're throwing the ball. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, again, uh, they tr- they brought in Flacco. I, I, I guess I, I, I get it on some level. I, I, I'm not a believer in Drew Locke. Uh, but it, it really feels like the Broncos are going to maybe bottom out this year, but they, they always seem to sort of, you know, fight their way to somehow being like seven and nine or eight and eight type area. Uh, they, they have so many few years with losing records over the past, like 30, uh, you know, but the, their early look is brutal and I don't know if it's going to get a lot better. Uh, again, the Raiders look, We've got like Derek Carr has gone from overrated to to underrated in the course of like the last couple of years, and right now it just seems like people just insist on saying he sucks when he's still a a fine quarterback. Now that's not, I don't think that's enough to win a Super Bowl, but he is enough to sort of make an offense function. And all and the Raiders have obviously spent a lot of money to to bring in pieces around him. They've got Trenton Brown. They've got uh, what's his face? The undersized center, who's very good. They've Rodney. got, yeah, they've got uh, Gabe Jackson, who may be hurt at the moment. I don't remember, but he's obviously very good. Uh, and now you've got uh, some receivers that can do some things. Uh, it's like they they just have they're going to be feisty. I think a lot, but I think they're ultimately going to come up short. And a lot of people are going to blame Carr for that. And we're going to be talking – or the Raiders are going to be talking about, well, who's the quarterback after Carr when they move to Vegas and all that stuff. But I, I continue to believe that Derek Carr is a fine quarterback. Uh, if, you know, if, if ultimately Oakland were to move on from him, 
he, he becomes a fascinating piece. I always thought he was the better play for a team like Jacksonville, but clearly Oakland wasn't willing to give up on him, which is smart. But, I mean, if somebody's willing to give, move on from him, uh, I think at a reasonable – relative to quarterbacks and a reasonable price point, he could go into a franchise and sort of be a nice little energizer that can move the ball, uh, can, can function in a nice passing offense. So, you know, if you're one of these teams that doesn't have a really great – answer for quarterback and you get sort of caught out of position on this upcoming draft, uh, then that could be a, a, an, an interesting way to go with it. I'll just give you one franchise, um, maybe Tennessee, so to speak, but figure it similar to Kirk Cousins going to Minnesota. Um, obviously last year didn't go as planned, but somebody that just, you know, they think they have everybody in place and they just need that guy. And that's where Carr could probably come into it. Um, Pete, uh, let everybody know, you know, obviously Browns Maven, I know you're busting your shops, but uh, busting your butt, obviously, but uh, let everybody know where they can find all the great work that uh, is going out there. And look, I mean, it's guys like I've been telling you, um, the Maven product through SI, it's it's picking up here uh, and it's, it's becoming a force. And I'm happy for Pete and I'm happy for a bunch of other guys that Pete and I know, you know, who are covering these, in, you know, covering the teams individually and the way it's growing. It's nice to see for everybody. Um, it's, it's interesting, uh, where the sort of, uh, tentacles reach out on this whole thing. Cause I did a fantasy, like I did a fantasy show today with Jim Kramer, the mad money guy apparently has a, is part of Maven as a, as a fantasy sports show. Wait a uh, minute. You did fantasy. I was a guest on fantasy. Uh, I did not make picks. Okay. Right. I was about to say, because I, whew, talk about getting. Talk about putting Pete in element he's not too comfortable with. Oh, yes. Like, being asked, <laughs> like asked if, you know, from the standpoint of, well, Dontrell Hilliard's vulturing touchdowns from Nick Chubb. I just wanted to get to the end. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there's – there's the network is big, reaches out further than you think it does on some of the stuff. But, yeah, Bronze Maven, which has new fancy uh, uh, title boards now, or at least – so, yeah, now it's a Sports Illustrated, uh, uh, Browns Maven, which is, you know, kind of neat. Uh, but, yeah, uh, plenty going on. There's lately been two videos every day. I don't know if that will happen tomorrow, but uh, there's been a lot going on. Obviously, the Browns made a lot of moves, a lot of news. Some of it's been uh, interesting follow. So there's no shortage of stuff over there. Uh, we'll keep trying to grow this thing and seeing where it ends up. Uh, and look, I'm a happy repeat and, uh, you know, obviously the growth for him of the show here. And look, I mean, for, yeah, as Pete always says, for you guys all putting up with us, it's fantastic. Um, there have been the Google short things. I'll be able to get back to that tomorrow. Um, it's just been crazy hectic and, um, there's no recipe when you lose the patriarch of your family for dealing with it. So look, I, I finally got in my software. I could almost almost like the, uh, bad boys too. Woosa, woosa. I'm there where I can start to get back to what was my norm and what will be my new norm, uh, you know, as far as outside of this. So uh, check out for those. You get the one minute, five minute segments. Uh, obviously, brownsmaven.com. Follow it over there for Pete. Um, I'm sorry, at brownsmaven. Follow it there for Pete. Brownsmaven.com is where you're going to find all of that. Uh, follow at underscore Pete Smith underscore. Make sure you're following over there. Me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. DMs are always open. The show itself at Locked On Browns. Follow back account. 
Uh, don't be the douche just to come for a freaking follow. It gets annoying. I ain't got time to track all of this. I try to do this for you guys. Um, and the DMs are open. Anything you want, guys. That's why I'm doing it over there. Um, I whatever. Just you know, you want the follow? That's fine. Whatever. But I ain't got time to track back. You know whether you're doing the follow on follow stuff, which is the weakest freaking thing on Twitter. And just one thing before we get to the close here. Everybody else who covers the Browns, please, guys, I'm just asking you. And Pete and I, we talk to athletes. We talk to players. You do not need to tag players and athletes in every single tweet. Guys, chill with that. I will tell you one thing. With the players I've talked to and the athletes I've talked to, they hate it. They do not like it. Everybody's listening to the same media stuff that we all are. Don't do it. Nobody likes it. Nobody on social media likes it. The players themselves don't like it. Their agencies don't like it. We're all listening to the same stuff. We got it. And we, when there's 37,000 people tweeting media availability, just let that part of it go. If there's something you liked, put the quotes, put the name under, but the adding, that's, that stuff's got to stop. It's, it doesn't lead to whatever anybody thinks it's going to lead to. It does not. This has been your daily delivery of all things dog bound. LGB on the LLB. Let's go Browns. <laughs>